0: I'm Natalie Schilling, and this is Unconditional. In this episode, we will be hearing from Eric Bloom from Palo Alto High School in Palo Alto, California. Eric Bloom will be discussing the social justice pathway that he helped launch seven years ago. Hi, this is Natalie Schilling.
1: Hi, Natalie.
0: Thank you so much for meeting with me. You're welcome. So I first just wanted to know, like, what brought you into teaching, um, in general.
1: Oh, in general. Yeah. At first, it's um, like I I worked at a Boy Scout camp, and I kind of liked working with kids and and teaching. And so when I went to college, you know, I got a degree, and I thought I'd go into teaching, but it. I th- I thought I didn't want to go to school anymore, mm-hmm. so I did some I did some other stuff. But the, I just kept coming around. I did some training, you know, computer application training stuff for law firms and things like that. And so it I just kept coming back around to it. And um, and so when I was in my early thirties, I finally decided I, you know, I'm I like teaching. I'm pretty good at it, so that's what mm-hmm. I decided to do.
0: Very cool. So then, like, what inspired the creation of the social justice pathway? Like, how did it come to be?
1: Well, um, there was an initiative at the district where one of the assistant superintendents um, had this thing called the the out-of-the-box committee, Mm -hmm. and it was sort of like a voluntary thing. And, you know, we went around and looked at different kinds of things that schools were doing, like schools within a school kind of programs. And they asked for people to submit a proposal. And um, and so Miss Angel and a few others, um, we decided, oh, let's go ahead. Let's submit a proposal. And we were one of, I think, three proposals that were accepted. So we got a grant um, for the summer to sort of design the program, and we went out to uh, Massachusetts and saw a social justice program that had been there for I think like almost 30 years oh, wow. so we talked to them and we learned about the program and and so um, we decided yeah we wanted to try this project based um, program and we just um, made a proposal to the school board and they accepted the proposal and then <laughs> And then we had to start figuring out how to do it.
0: And, like, what what exactly, like, was enticing to you about the program that you went and saw in, like, Massachusetts? Like, what made you be like, oh, we want to bring that to Palo Alto High School?
1: Um, so uh, the, this, this sense of, like, um, like student agency. Like, the students were really, really in sort of not, – not in control, but they're, they were – they were in control of their learning. You know, they were doing learning across grades. They had classes that had, like, you know, two or three different grades in them at the same time. They they worked in collaborative teams. The teachers talked about how, you know, it's, it's like they create projects together and kids you know learn. so it just seemed like they were really excited about the way they were learning it wasn't like rote memorization and and it you know because i'm an econ teacher i'm all mm-hmm. about rote memorization you know so it was sort of liberating to try to teach in that environment and then we thought it was something that could fit for some kids at pali i mean i don't think i think a lot of kids um kind of like the idea of just tell me what i have to memorize and i'll memorize it then you can leave me alone mm-hmm. as opposed to just you know like yeah let's figure out how to solve this problem
0: so were you like targeting a certain type of student like the student that doesn't like that like mm. or was it more just like the program itself
1: yeah so i think the idea is, is that we wanted to teach in a different way which is to get away from the idea of, you know, like paying students with points to do work and then they do the work and we give them the points and then Mm -hmm. they get the grade. So we were trying to make it so that you could, you could learn. And in the process of learning, you produce stuff and that stuff can sort of show how well you're doing it. So it's kind of a get out a little bit of the rat race of just Mm -hmm. like chasing points. And so it was, it was enjoyable for us to imagine teaching in that environment and then we assumed that there were tons of kids that would be interested in in learning in that environment if they if they were given a chance.
0: Like how does the course work? Like what makes it unique?
1: The well the the course or the the program because we do all the courses. I guess so. You know, yeah. So so courses in SJP. Um, so first is that they're they they're, they're we design them to be more project based, where mm-hmm. um, instead of you know like doing some studying and then create you know sort of like a dessert project at the end to demonstrate what you've done, mm-hmm. you 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 learn in the process of you know like so you're given a problem like how are the American Indians treated right and then then you have to find that information out then you have to think about like so what are we going to do how do we demonstrate this so often what my job is to say is that like okay we're going to create a traveling um museum exhibition on the treaty of of fort laramie which was Mm -hmm. a treaty between the the u.s government you know like this 1868 it was a big deal and all this we went up to san francisco and saw a traveling exhibition we met with the curators about how they did it and what they did it so then so then they we form these teams where people were some people were more focused sort of like on the design production side and other people are doing content and other people are doing fact checking so you know we, we go through some iterations where we draft out on paper and then we you know that we set it up and so it's it's complicated and it's mm-hmm. you know it but it's it's kind of like the satisfaction that some kids felt like working in journalism like they got to make something that was real i think a little bit we get a little bit of that when we get a really good project because they believe that what they're producing is good and um and so and then they're kind of proud of it right
0: so what benefits have you seen like through the social justice pathway that focuses on project-based learning in comparison to like your econ students
1: what we assume is is that it's more like college learning Mm -hmm. when when college learning is about you know you have to produce something but it's sort of like more real life in the sense of saying is that um the you know the acquisition of just knowledge and facts is kind of a waste of time now to, to sort of and it's and I'm exaggerating, right? Mm-hmm. To say that it's really a waste of time, but uh, you could tell me in uh, three or four minutes, you know, how many people were killed on the first day at the Battle of Gettysburg, right. right? You could just look it up, and and you know, probably with 15 minutes, you might be able to tell me that, you know, the names of the people. Mm-hmm. And um, so, what we're doing in social justice is that we're we're sort of focusing not so much on the information but how do you find the information how do you validate the information and then what do you do with it when you're done you know so um what is important about deaths at Gettysburg right so then we would come up with a project that's sort of focused on and then use those skills of you know researching and validating as a way to um, highlight whatever it is that we're studying and then You know figure out a way to display it so that other people benefit from our learning
0: right and do you think that covid has like affected the way that social justice like aims to do project-based learning
1: oh yeah it's it's been huge um because it's it's when you're in a collaborative group there, there's a lot of social interaction that goes on that, mm-hmm. you know, in order to move together and get things done. And I think when you're in your Zoom bubble, you're, you're not as easily – it's not as easy to to notice what's going on, but then it's so much easier to get distracted mm-hmm. or to not be on sort of figuring out what you're doing. Whereas if you're sitting in a room and you're working on a thing – You know, the good part is, is that, oh, I love that. That's exactly what, show me where you found that. And then, you know, there's also like, you know, come on, Natalie, you've been on your phone for 20 minutes now. Can you just help us get this done, right? Right. And it's not like a big deal. And I think that's the part about being together for three years. Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids, it's like, it's a little spooky because you think about like your worst year in school Mm -hmm. and it was just like, oh my gosh, would I want to have that? teacher or those kids in my class for three years right? and what we told the students is well I mean you know you can't say anything about like whether or not you're going to like Mr. Bloom or Miss Angel but it's, it's that's that's life you know you have to figure out how to do things and so if you're like well what if I hate all the people in my class and so we remember we would have not quite like that but conversations it's just like well yeah what would you do if mm-hmm. you didn't like everybody in your class? And then, you know, you could kind of say it's like that's one of the things that we're focusing on. You know, it's like how do you value those who you're working with? How do you, you know, um, how do you what do you do to be understood and how do you make others understood? So there's there's a large part of this of how do you build a collab? you know, um, a supportive community? and um and that's really hard to do on zoom Mm -hmm. in the sense of saying when you're talking about intellectual safety and having you know like round table discussions you, you can't really have a round table discussion and so you don't get to see people's faces and how they're reacting and i'm the kind of teacher that that's a big part of my sort of thing in the classroom is engaging kids in conversation and you know like asking a, a, you know that second question or it's like well what do you mean by that you know natalie right. you can model behavior you can have kids reflect back on their behavior but then they also can experience that when you do have that because i'm sure especially in college now that you're in these smaller classes right that you're you're you're, you're like that was a great class. We had such a good discussion and I learned so much art that was so interesting. And mm-hmm. so trying to create those moments where kids can really feel like they have learned something authentic and right. it's, it's not like it's going to change their life, but it's right. like, that's real. And it's applicable in 16, 17, 80, but it's also applicable now. And I understand that those struggles and as I move forward in life, I can reflect back. And, and so I think the idea of just trying to make learning a little bit more real.
0: Do you think, like, other teachers at Pali are going to start implementing more project-based learning after COVID just because of the lack of, like, social interaction and group interaction?
1: You know, that's a that's a great question. And I think that, um, you know, it's like the snap of a rubber band. I think there will be interest, more interest to do that kind mm-hmm. of work. And then, you know, it's just like, I don't know what it's going to be like in the fall, you know, if right. we're really going to have you know herd immunity and all that but (laughs) again too i think kids would be more willing to sort of do that kind of work right you know where they work on something together as opposed to just being by themselves all the time
0: yeah um but yeah i i I would hope so i would think but then yeah then everyone's just going to be scared about sitting next to somebody (laughs) for sure what do you find the most rewarding about this program
1: um, so I get to develop relationships with kids over time. Um, and so you can the, – the, um, the, the a huge thing that you notice as you go from 10th to 11th and 11th to 12th is there's all that time that's spent each semester or each year where it's like I'm trying to get to know the kids, the kids are trying to figure out what I am. And so there's a lot of, you know, like dancing around – before we start working, because we're trying to figure out, you know, who's going to do what and how they're going to work. So the first right. thing is, is that by having being a cohort and staying with people for more than one year, you 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 get to build on that, and then you don't have to sort of start from zero mm-hmm. each year. Um, the other thing as a teacher, what's what's nice is that it's 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 easier. In a sense to, you know, work with the students that are in your class because, you know, it's like I know what you are capable of and I know what, you know, oh, that's right because you that sophomore year was really hard for you because and so now we can think about this differently in junior year. And so just, you know, the the sense of saying, you know, it's like I just wish my teacher understood me better. Right we're we're already there and then at the same time too it's it's like i am far from perfect
0: and d- does social justice have restorative justice i feel like adam brought might have brought that up
1: one of my roles at pally was to work on a restorative justice um program for cheating mm-hmm. and so we 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 tried to bring that in as a, as a pilot, we implemented it and, and the academic honesty policy changed, um, with, by having a restorative component to it. Mm-hmm. And so some of those things that we tried to do, um, that, that come from restorative, restorative justice practice, like, um, circle discussions, um, is, is a, is a thing that I learned in restorative justice. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I would say it's like part of our philosophy in the sense is like we would assume that, um, you know, if if I, I, again, too, it's like if students are, you know, do something like cheating or getting a fight or stab them or whatever, that we would focus on this idea about, okay, so how do we bring this person back into our community? How do we solve this problem? And I think we've gotten much better at that. Um, There's a, there's a, a program that we a lot of us sort of adhere to is it's called p for c it's philosophy for children mm-hmm. but it's not just for children it's this idea of um building intellectually safe spaces and so um, restorative practices are going to have to be part of that mm-hmm. so when we have conflicts then we just try to settle them in the sense of saying is that we have to but because again we're together for three years so we don't, we know that it's not going to be perfect, but we also know that we're committed to working, trying to figure out how to get it to work out.
0: And have you seen so, a benefit from implementing restorative justice?
1: Um, I mean, in the classroom, just in the sense when kids believe that they're, you know, they're, they're not being pegged to be got, mm-hmm. um, in, in my experience with academic honesty. I, I really wasn't part of it long enough to really see, but mm-hmm. it, it definitely made um, kids feel like there was sort of a, um, a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, the policies that we had before were, and it's ironic because they were implemented by a student committee or suggested <laughs> by a student committee, but they were really severe mm-hmm. and really fast so that you would um, what I think ended up happening, you know, in the sense of saying is that if you get caught cheating on an exam, you're going to get an F on the exam, you're going to get an F in the class. And if it happens again, you're going to get thrown out. Right. And and so the, the idea of, of putting a little bit of space there, because what was happening was teachers were reluctant to apply the penalty because it was, you know, maybe it was an, a, a little... You know it's like a little cheat as opposed to a big cheat so mm-hmm. a big thing that we did in this in the restorative um plan the restorative discipline plan for academic honesty was to have tiers of offenses so you know like cheating on a major exam or stealing the answers and passing them to somebody else is a big deal mm-hmm. but you know, like copying someone's homework is still cheating, but it's not at the same level. Right. So it was this idea to be able to think about things as they really happen. And, and again, too, that my philosophy is, is that I believe and that makes kids more view the system as being more fair. And, and when you say to a kid is copying Natalie's homework, the same as, you know, like stealing a test and, you know, passing the answers around and everybody would say no those aren't the same at all and so then why do we treat them the same in the disciplinary policy and so so yes I think it definitely came up like
0: moving away from like zero tolerance basically right right okay cool um did you have to jump through any hoops to create the program or like did you receive (gasps) any backlash from like parents or admin or the community
1: Um, I don't know if we necessarily received backlash. What we got at first was just, we were just ignored. Mm -hmm. So, um, which in many cases is good, but then at the other times it's, it was just all on the, especially for the first few years, it was just all on the backs of Miss Angel and I. Mm -hmm. So if we wanted to do something, then we had to do it. If we wanted to get, you know, approval for something, or we wanted to ask somebody to come speak or any of, what we didn't get, like administrative support, in the sense of saying is that you know we didn't have a a secretary and you know like an admin who was working with us that would you know help us get things done. We could we could ask for help, but we would just be like any other person asking for help. So mm-hmm. I think now that the program's established and has a uh, has at least a decent reputation, that now when we're talking about like it's really important that we were back in the day when we had um you know um a and b days that we we needed to be on thursdays so that we can go on field trips and we can get out early and they don't miss anybody else's classes because we knew that's why people don't go on field trips Mm -hmm. in high school anymore is because you can't miss math or you can't miss choir can't miss whatever so by having it on Tuesdays and thursdays after second period we could we could go and you wouldn't miss any class so we could go for five six hours because we would have lunch we would have two block periods and we'd have advisory and so we could um we could kind of steal a big chunk of time Mm -hmm. and that enabled us to go on on all our field trips sometimes just across the street but it still allows us to leave campus and and we thought that was huge in changing the program because it just makes kids like let's go look at the archives of Martin Luther King at Stanford and you know open file drawers and pull things
0: out and stuff so um that kind of stuff I think really makes it easier for kids to like going to school yeah for sure how do you like go about choosing other teachers for the other core cohorts like do you guys do you and miss angel pick them or is it kind of like a voluntary
1: yeah it's so and and that's a real it's a it's a it's a real dicey thing because teachers are not allowed to make assignments Mm -hmm. so um we we kind of got into some trouble not trouble but it's just like that it's, it's extra work, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's not an easier load. It's more work, but it's more satisfying, right? right? So the idea is that not everybody is keen on it. And so you have to kind of recruit and convince people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't say, Oh yeah, Natalie, you're totally on board. You're so excited about it. You want to do it. And I'm like, okay, so you can be the English teacher next year and we're going to see who we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Even though you're the only person who want. I mean, and that's the ridiculous part about it. It's like, even if you're the only person who wanted to do it, mm-hmm. it's not our place to say you're going to be the next one because that's an admin decision. Okay. So there's a little bit of like, we just have to make sure that we, keeps our ducks in a row and that we're saying it's just like, oh Natalie Schilling is really interested. Um we've asked other teachers, nobody else is interested. She knows the program. So, you know, and then it's like, of course, my lady, it is your decision to, you know, appoint and, and choose this person. So yeah, it's 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 more of a recruiting and um and um kind of just sort of letting people know what's going on we're also very different each of the the three sets of of teachers Mm -hmm. so we emphasize different things the courses are different they they still hold on to this core of projects and we have some some real keystone kinds of things that we try to do every year that the Mm -hmm. 10th grade does and the 11th grade does and the 12th grade does and so each teacher sort of picks that up and does their their version of it Mm -hmm. but we have different sort of emphasis
0: okay
1: and and so it's but the idea is is that come up with a with a project like the class behind jordan's the second cohort Mm -hmm. they were much more about putting on live performances of their work and and that's a function of miss evans and mr tolentino Mm -hmm. and and it's just like i'm sure we could have done that. Miss Angel has like this, you know, like minor and theater and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um but I I don't I don't know anything about it. So it's it's just what what ends up happening. So and I think that's what makes teachers like the program mm-hmm. because it's not like oh you're in this now and so you have to do it this way like right. if you were you know like AP Econ or something.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's so there's this idea of there's six of us that share a full common philosophy we work together we do things together and we get to run our own classes so it's kind of like the best of both worlds from a teacher's perspective
0: cool thank you so much
1: oh i'm glad i'm sorry it was so back and forth no
0: it's okay <laughs> it's all good no all worries
1: right. all right take care
0: you too bye 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 thanks for listening to unconditional